Hey, I'm Rebecca Nanjago. Welcome to the Connectivity Podcast. We may not realize it, but we are always looking for connection, genuine human connection. This show will help you feel connected to yourself and to others through deep, meaningful conversations about life and what makes all of us human. So grab some tea, cozy up, and get ready to feel inspired, challenged, and connected. This is the Connectivity Podcast. Welcome, Quizera Alex, to the Connectivity Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you here because I remember when I first met you. Okay, I didn't meet you, but I saw you online years back. I was just fascinated by how can someone be making it as an artist in Uganda? I remember I sent you a text or, okay. or actually I commented on one of your posts saying something like, I think I have a crush on you. And you wrote back saying, um, do you have a crush on me or on my art? I was like, there's always a difference, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, then I, I just went and thought about it and, and humbled myself. <laughs> so I'm so excited that you're here. I can't wait to hear your story and just dig into it. So if anybody was to skip on from Googling you, how would you describe yourself? Hmm, it's always an interesting question. How do you how do you describe yourself? First of all, it's, it's very difficult for me to put myself in words. That's if I was uh, if I was good with words, I would be a writer by day, I guess. But uh, I, I I understand what you mean. How I would describe myself? Uh, I might fall short, or I might go overboard. Hmm? Now I'm going all philosophical and stuff, eh? because okay. because myself myself is always changing. I'm not the same guy I was at twelve, eh? not the same guy I was after university. But in simple simple terms, I am I I am a human being before I became an artist. Mm. So I am a human being first, you know. Mm. I am more than my work. That is to say, very many people see me and all they see is art. But we are always so much more than our work. Um, I'm a lover of basketball as sport. Uh, I play once in a while, uh, link up with other people to play every now and then. Um, I love nature. Of uh, my inspiration has shifted to to the love of nature now. Uh, like I said, we are we are always evolving. A few years ago, I was totally on something else, but now my work is aligned into uh, an inspiration that is of nature. Uh, Quizera is. Uh, I read every now and then. It's how I manage to to build my my knowledge base that inspires my work. Um, so I love to read a few books about about life generally, from the philosophy, from the economics, from uh, mm. the politics. Yeah, mm. it won't be love stories. Uh, like what? What are those 
books and love stories called Boom, Boom and what? Melden Boons. But yeah, yeah, those <laughs> I don't read. <laughs> but yeah, you get the get the guest. I do. So Quizera, yeah, yeah, is in a few things. It's always a strange question because it's a very egoistic thing to ask somebody to to uh, to tell us about themselves. We know ourselves by by what everybody else sees. So it is best for you to describe me as it would be for me to describe myself. I do not know myself like that. Because we, we are a lot of things to a lot of people. We are different things to different people each time. Yeah, so that's why I said I could fall short or I could go overboard. But yeah. in a nutshell, yeah, Pizera is very simple things. I'm a lover of instruments, most so music instruments that are locally made. You will find me playing a nanga. I'm a player of a flute. I love the flute. That goes back to my uh, originality, where I come from as the cattle keeper from my forefathers. They used to play a flute. So I, I tapped a few things from there. I derive, yeah, I derive a lot of inspiration in sound as, as added onto nature. Sound is one of the big things. And it can be sound about anything can be people chattering in the back in the far distance of the ambience. It can be very well put together symphonies that are classical music. It could be jazz, it could be Afrobeats, it could be people yeah, expressing their grief or their joy. So sound is very key. I almost hear many things that people don't hear. I don't know what they call that, but... Uh, I think if I were to describe you, I think it would yeah. be you are a constantly evolving human being, passionate about Absolutely. art, music, yeah. and actually art, sounds, and basketball. <laughs> yeah. 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 See, you, you know best how to put words together. I pick words in a very strange way, but I try. As a visual artist, it's very difficult. People are always saying artists have to find a way to know to explain their work and all of that stuff. But it's one of the biggest challenges because you always fall short. The pictures are always saying so much more. They seem to always be saying so much more. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I don't think words do justice to any any aspect, whether it's describing space or anything that is actually form, I think words are limited. Yeah. Because even though you looked at yourself in the mirror, you would be able to see, you would be able to see probably your skin color, your eyes, your all that stuff. But then you cannot see the things that are inside. You can't see the joy. You can't see the pain. You can't see the confusion. So, so anyway, moving on. Yeah. Most of us know you as an artist extraordinaire, right? Yeah. <laughs> you guys, what? You guys are kind. You are kind. <laughs> what moments led you to the artist that you are today? Mm, going back to uh, what moments? Moments always take me back to my childhood. Mm. I had a good number of escapades. You know, when I was young. As a young uh, scholar, uh, 
I'm that kid that used to craft all, uh, sculpt all sorts of small things, things made out of wire, things made out of clay. Uh, as my go-to time for peace, as you know, kids cause a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. When I wasn't uh, being all naughty and uh, troublesome around the house, I was under the table somewhere, busy sculpting small things. Um, yeah, you know, you remember those kids. Mm-hmm. And this kind of grew into a thing. The time when, when, uh, and I could exchange these small little toys for, for some little money at school, for some, for some food at school. Not that I was starving, but as you know, kids can eat everything at any time, you know. Because these little tiny things were exciting to other kids. Uh, so uh, I found it, it was, a, it was a, a craft for me to actually earn something at a very tender age. I'm talking about primary now. These are the wow. pictures they beat me for. These are the pictures. You see, I had not, not SSC science on one side and the other half. The other half was the pictures. Huh? Uh, so I'm that, yeah, it has gone, it has come way that, that far. I've always kind of, of course, when you're younger, you don't really know uh, what professionalism means. We sang songs of, uh, I will be a pilot when I grow up. You know, you, <laughs> you gather in a group, you gather in a group uh, and start singing songs of what will you be when you grow up with your sisters and your neighborhood kids. And what would you say? No, no, at the time, of course, at the time uh, we sang, we would be pilots, we would be doctors, because those were the key. Um, that's what our parents instilled in us as the professional, uh, worthy careers that you could hear about. But yes. as I grew older, um. as I grew older, I found pictures were for me. Even if I didn't understand what the career was, but going into high school, then I start to remember. I wondered why we never sang. You never had a kid saying, hey, I will be an artist. I want uh-huh. to be an artist when I grow up. You know, we had rhyme songs like those. I don't know if you sang the same. Yeah. When did you start questioning that? That how come we don't sing, I will be an artist when we grow up? At about what age? Uh-huh. That, that, is, that is in high school. That's about maybe 12. Yeah, 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 12, 12, 13, 19, because now it, it was a, a tangible thing for me. Uh, um, I had respect around the school because of my, because of my skill. Uh, mm. The art room became my, almost like my studio. Uh, for me, life has not changed much. It has been pretty much the same. My way I live is where I work, where I study is where I work. You know, life has, that's how I knew. And you know by pattern, you see things, life happening for you in an angle that almost makes sense uh, uh, in, 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 in your practice, mm. even at a tender age. And that is how people get to recognize you for, for something. Then they brand you into this so-called uh, artist, even before you have a, a career mm-hmm. per se, or go, before you go professional, even before you earn your first uh, million before you earn your, what is half worthy of your, of your effort. People already drop you into uh, a box of a sort. So people also, others outside also contribute into what you call yourself 
that's why I told you it's difficult to describe yourself because even the people outside have so much to contribute to it. So in high school, I learned that uh, I am to be an artist. That's how you get to know uh, from P7 when you are feeling forms. They are try you're trying to guide your younger self into career uh, inclination. Uh, so by high school, you really know what you could be doing. So by senior one, senior two, I knew I had to be an artist, even way before that, uh, although I didn't understand very well. Uh, because I'm the kid that drew um, uh, name, naming, named drawings on the walls out of school, like the ear, the, the, uh, uh, those drawings that were, hmm, that were um, on the school walls. Yeah. Charts and maps, and I am that kid, you know, who helped the teacher. Describe for me, because paint for me a picture. You, you enter a high school, and you have this book, and you have notes, and you're drawing on the other side of the of the book. Matter of mm-hmm. matter of fact, they they beat me for that very many times. That's when they said very stigmatizing uh, statements uh, that are actually ridiculous. Like you, you keep drawing these things, you never amount to anything. You know, going back to the society that prioritized the few key five. Uh, you know, where yeah. sciences were mandatory and arts were uh, considered to be BS. So, mm. you see, me, a kid that had drawing, that's the time when movies, you know, ch- Chinese movies were, were, were a thing. So, those are the, that's the inspiration that I had for me to draw on the back of my books. So, I had books, I had books, like I told you, science, uh, English, but they only stopped halfway. By the time they reached halfway, uh, the other side, they turned the other side, and it was drawings only, drawings of John Rambo carrying a big gun, Schwarzenegger, you know, ninjas busting and disappearing in purple blue, you know? For me, me, and they really beat me for it in front of the whole class. You know those times when they would, it would be for checking for not, huh? They want to see how tidy you are. They want to see how at far you are with the teacher after dictating notes and all that stuff. So I am that kid that was beaten for the drawings that I made. And that kid who drew drawings all over the walls when I was younger. Uh, it's, abs- it's actually funny that now they kind of have to pay me for it. That's what <laughs> guided me into an illustrator that I am today. You see, I'm a painter and an yeah. illustrator. Those are two different art disciplines mm. that uh, demand different efforts, different uh, processes. So now, so, yeah. you, what were you thinking at that time? So they're beating you, they're saying ridiculous things, but for some reason, your spirit did not break because, um, yeah. like you said something, you are the one now drawing on the school walls and drawing art. So I see that there was a moment of acceptance by the people around you. So this time when uh, you're being beaten and what were you thinking? Uh, of course, and I, you see, some of us were difficult kids growing up. Uh, that's when I can acknowledge. Now like me, I was a very troublesome kid. Mm-hmm. I was pretty much beaten for so many things, you know. 
Mm -hmm. I've spent the whole day somewhere across the hill playing instead of coming and doing house chores. I, I was beaten for that, I, breaking things in the house, um, all sorts of different things. So for me, when you're a child, of course, such statements go ahead and kind of uh, mentally have an impact on you. But as a young and you don't know yet, it was, uh, it was a beating like any other. It, you know, like dodging class, like uh, there are kids who will tell you that they beat me and I almost got used to being beaten. Have yeah. you heard of a statement like that? I was that kid. <laughs> I was that it's kid. An African, yeah, it's an African uh, parenting thing, you know. At every angle, we can't go by without at least being beaten for something. So I was that troublesome kid. At the time, that didn't really... Uh, challenge me or push me away from who I was. It, it, some of these things are rather embodied in, in who you are, even from a tender age. And it's absurd that Africa doesn't see uh, skill-based careers like that, you know? You don't have a way of identifying what the kid is interested in instead of torturing him or her for it. They align them into a career path that uh, will highly benefit them sooner or later. Uh, so yeah. When did the acceptance come? The acceptance comes after they realize. See, when you can't, you can't complain about something ten times, then it is you with the problem. You see, you don't like something. Uh, you start by saying I don't like it. You start by losing your head because you don't like it. But if it is, uh, if it is consecutively uh, coming through, you know. Then you start checking yourself. Then you, you 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 are challenged to think that maybe it could be there is another way. So beating me once or twice or ten times didn't make much a difference. I think it challenged the, the teachers. Then they get to accept that oh, actually this kid could stand for something, you know. When it was time uh, to have pictures involved in anything, let's say elections are happening in the primary school. I am that kid that the, that the candidates would say, ah, draw me a portrait, you see. Mm -hmm. uh, in a way, like I said, then you start to be accepted um, mm -hmm. by what you are. You, you're, you're, you're being of a uh, contributor to the community uh, widely. Then the teachers start seeing your posters uh, being carried as, as elections go on. Then you uh, they, they have work to do in the staff rooms and drawing charts and, and, and maps and uh, all sorts of things. Uh, then they start to acknowledge that you actually start, you stand for something. But that is later, that is closer to the end of, uh, end of primary school. Because mm. as a younger kid, everyone assumes they are teaching you something, you know? Yeah, yeah, they can tell you what to do. They can. They don't listen to you too much. But as you, um, as you mature into uh, stages of, uh, of 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 education, then there's something you stand for. People already know that one is a skilled in 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 sports. Uh, that one is skilled in art. Uh, so you become half popular. Yeah, for your skills. So even the teachers, those that are in your guardianship, start to respect just a little bit uh, yeah. in a controlled kind of way I remember my mother took me to to a counselor actually this kid has failed me he's 
all he does is draw pictures and draw pictures. I remember the, at a very tender age, and I remember a counselor really sat me down and told me, you see, you can't, uh, this is not America, this is not uh, Europe here. You have what? to study sciences too. Yeah, 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 you have to study sciences too. You have to pass everything too. Uh, yeah, you have to study a little bit of music. Uh, equally the same. So he told me you can't give one, uh, you, can't, you can't study one-sided uh, here. You have to pass all of these other things too. So you have to concentrate. Even if you want to be this at a later stage, it necessitates. You mm -hmm. equally have good grades with which made a little bit of sense to me. I mean, it was the only way. I wasn't in an art school. I was in a school like any other. So it was the only way. And I remember turning myself around uh, after Form 4, I think. Form 4, I was still playing around very much. But uh, coming to HSC, I upped my game seriously. And I had very, very interesting grades. I had, I had to pass my books rather highly, which was all right, because now things were already clear. I knew what I wanted to do, by all means. Uh, I'm the job form fillers that filled art, 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 uh, one first place, art, second place, art, third place. So there was no other way for me. Wow. So did you ever have to break free from outside voices? Did you ever doubt that yeah, inner strength? Absolutely, because of, uh, like I told you, we're actually capable of so much more. It's just a point of aligning yourself uh, mm. to devote your mind to something that you will accomplish what it has, what it has in it. So, yeah, I had, uh, I had actually good skills through literature. I was quite argumentative from a younger age. So, I, at some point, uh, by, this, by these statements that uh, were high stigma, uh, say to us, uh, you'll never amount to much, you know, you can't be climbing walls and drawing letters on buildings and call that a career. Uh, mm -hmm. These pictures won't take you anywhere. Uh, stuff like that made me consider being, an art, being a, a lawyer. Because my parents were always, uh, they were always buzzed about this kid who just draws too much and they didn't know that as a career. Eh? They also mm -hmm. didn't know better. You can't blame them. Uh, so I, I could have been a lawyer uh, if this wasn't so clear or too much embodied in me. You see, skill is, skill is always a strange thing. I, I, I think talent is also, is also overrated. Uh, some um, of these things are by the grace uh, that you are, what you have turned to be right now. Seeing a pattern, seeing a pattern is as difficult as saying, I was born, I was born for this. I, I don't believe in such a thing. I think it is a space that you go and you find a higher level of peace. That you find yourself, uh, that, that's, that's your higher self. Uh, that's your practice. That's what you later come to know yourself for. I think it's a place where you, you're almost escaping from, from too many things. And this is where you go. But by the fact that you align so much time and devotion and uh, you invest too much uh, dedicated energy, 
into this thing then it also accepts you uh, for all that it is worth and there you are you start to flourish in whatever that practice is yes you can be born with a little i don't know if it is a dna talent you know some of these skills come easy for you but i believe i believe you also have to work much hard to it so me knowing me knowing that i was to do to do art um is one thing but pursuing it is another with all that stigma with all that uh, for me it is where i found a voice you, you see mm. everyone has a subconscious that shows you a little bit of god in you yes and that is when you have impact on somebody else yes you know would you say that all this time as you drew you almost zoned out the world and this was your place of peace absolutely that's the higher self that is your contribution here on earth that is the god in you you know yeah. that time where 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 all those voices don't mean anything you see like i told you at the start when i wasn't causing trouble because i knew i was a trouble causer that's when i have to acknowledge mm-hmm. when i wasn't causing trouble i was down there sitting busy crafting my thing and you see how energy works uh, when you make something anybody that makes anything be it a baker or a good cook uh, a tailor uh, a sculptor if you sit and create something uh, for yourself first you know and before before even anybody else is given an opportunity to have an opinion you know either love it or criticize it uh that is the place where you find yourself because that is the that's the same space i call prayer that's the same uh that's the same energy that embodies meditation that's that's the stillness in what all this that is rather physical uh, uh can't touch yeah by the grace of the most high he that gives some of us have been a little bit lucky hmm, to kind of find that space at the tender age yeah because my mother was happy that uh I'm at least down the table uh, doing my things you know she would yeah. even say I'll go down go down there and do your things yeah <laughs> why don't you sit down there and do your thing that is uh that's that's a, a simple way of saying uh the kid has found himself you see yes he might not amount might not amount for something at any at any stage but that is the thing that you call yours yeah. you see by all means that is the thing that everybody needs to tap into and say uh what what, what thing can i call mine you know yeah. before you go into uh, what is the whole fraternity like you know how can i connect with everybody else it starts with you so mm-hmm. yeah that was me at a very tender age where my mother reached an extent of saying you know what you can't keep putting your clay all over the house i have made you a small cupboard there you, mm-hmm. you sculpt your things and you put them right there very well you see that is acceptance yes and that is how you make your mark into this existence my friend you you make things that are yours and everybody has no choice but take you for it because of the devotion that you have attached to them because of the interest 
because of the love, the one perfect love. I keep saying one perfect love <laughs> because that is the love of uh, our God. Yeah. Uh, that is the you. That is the you that he made in his image. That is the love for your craft. That is the compassion. That is the grace. That is the mercy as a whole. I kind of feel like we're going to have to sit down and just speak on that subject alone because it's something I'm completely passionate about. Just higher self, calling, work. That's something I'm completely passionate about. Right now, if somebody is very confused, they want to make a decision, but they can't make the decision, and they're just in that state of fear, like they cannot leap into their greatness, or maybe they feel like their gift is too small. What are some pointers you'd give them to help them make that leap in their lives? Well, first of all, if you think your gift is too small, then you don't know, you are not a believer of anything. If you are confused, you say, if you are confused about is this what I'm supposed to do? Uh, am I in the right path? You know, am I investing enough time in this thing that I would like to call mine? Then you miss the point. Because this thing is rather subconscious. Yeah? You don't sit down and say, uh, and start evaluating yourself. Right? It's a simple way of saying, I, I think you are in the wrong space. People say all sorts of things. I can't even tell you half of them because half of them, I don't remember them. They mm. didn't mean that much to me. I, this thing was all I knew. This thing was almost all I could, all I could be known for. Uh, uh, and you see it has grown to be equally the same kind of thing. Uh, I don't think, I don't think you sit down and say, uh, I am not sure if this is the right path. See, doubt, I know doubt is always there. At every piece, every single piece, let me tell you something, every little piece that I drew, I have a, a point where I reach and I'm almost exhausted and I'm almost uh, half disappointed. The thing is not turning out the way it is. It might be strange because when you see it out there uh, complete, it looks so easy. It looks uh, almost like off the fingertips for me, isn't it? But it doesn't work that way. There's a time in any form of creation, I believe uh, there's a space where you end, there's where you stop, yeah? And the, and the good in all of this thing almost takes over. Absolutely. That's a simple way. That's a simple way of saying whether you have doubt or not, it doesn't matter. You almost didn't bring yourself uh, into this earth. You were not given that skill uh, that you were given for any form of payment uh, for you to pay back. Uh, so you need to sit back and be grateful, you know? Whether you think your, your practice or your craft is, is, is half-baked, uh, it's not there yet, um, I, think, I think growth, growth is, is not always calculated, you know, you, you almost reach 25 years and you're like, oh, you get an aha moment, eh? mm. an epiphany of the thought of like, shit, I am growing into something, you know, yeah. that, that, 
that is a given. Uh, some of these things are too fundamental. Like you say, I think it would be a totally different discussion. We might start talking about uh, the philosophy of these things. Yeah. Because I have taken so much time to actually understand, uh, to try and understand. It's the, it's the quest behind my practice, actually. To try and understand who are we really, you know, yeah. in all of this. Uh, our contribution, you know, how much, how we interrelate, uh, what we are to give as a contribution. So, yeah, I hear you. If somebody is, is, is really troubled by, uh, by what they consider to be their career or, or a gift or trying to find something they can call themselves, I think they are not listening to themselves, uh, to their inner self much more, but mm. rather everybody else outside, because the world will pull you here and there. I meet very many bankers that would have been artists, they say. I meet so many uh, yeah, people in business that see my work and say, hey man, your work has something for me that I see myself in it. You mm. see, mm. that is not a very simple statement. Yeah? Yeah. That is a, that is a way of saying my friend, I, I see myself in you. I could have been that if only I had listened to what? To myself. But you don't really listen to yourself. You, it's by saying you get back, you get in touch with your, your higher self. It's a very meditative kind of way. But uh, you almost have to rebel. You know? Mm. For you to rebel, you have to refuse the system. It is a separation kind of, uh, you know what you're worth, but you, you are stuck in a system that is, not, that is not your space. So you rebel. And very few people, you know, have the, I, I don't know if I would call it, uh, we all have the grace, but some have the, 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 the zeal and the will to actually pursue that inner voice that yes. says, I can serve. I can starve but look at my pictures and get that satisfaction that money can't give me. I completely agree with this because if you think about anything that you have created, you cannot say, you cannot take ownership for it completely because there's a point when you are doing that thing that something else takes over. I believe we co-create with uh -huh. God, we co-create with the uh -huh. universe. And so... Absolutely. So that pull, that pull of energy that we cannot really describe, we can't put in words, is the one that you're saying that people should heed to, people should listen to, so that they can absolutely. do meaningful work. You see what I consider, what people call prayer. They, they say prayer until you, you, you tire. But I strongly believe the moment you stop asking, you know, and mm. you only listen, it is the point you receive. Yeah, people are busy uh, egoistically asking for things, you know. I deserve this. I am better than this. Uh, this is, you know, when you're a little child, and it is gone, it is put uh, in us, it is instilled in us from when we are much younger, you know. Tell a young girl, ah, you girls don't sit like that, you know. Mm. Uh, <laughs> For us, yeah? for us as a family, we don't do that. Mm -hmm. You see, that kind of separation is what the world has, has gone into. It's what it's the problem that is of racism is, 
It is just people thinking they are other yeah, than anybody else. That's the biggest problem, whether to practice, I mean, globally. You know, you think you are better than somebody, you think that you are better than yourself. You're saying, ah, no, no, this is not me. This is not how I do things. It means you are delusional about what you truly are. Yeah? Some people say you have a style. You have a style. You, the simple way of saying you are limiting yourself. You know, in yeah. co-creation has just being. Mm. You just be. You have an itch and you put it out there. You know, in any, in any form. Not how is it going to be received. Not am I good enough. Not, uh, you see how art has shifted uh, from the humanism that is of uh, the earlier, uh, the pre, pre-historical era to now uh, the freedom to tape a, a banana on a wall and sell it for millions of dollars. You see, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that, my friend, is the best thought that has happened to art. The liberties that is absolute freedom for you to be whatever you want to be. And that for me is the biggest liberation in evolution. Absolutely. So now, when did you start making money to fully support yourself as an artist? Uh So you see, as you grow, there are stages of growth, like I told you, 200 shillings, 100 for a little kid in primary. That means something. But then at 25 or 26, you've grown into, into responsibility that is bigger than 200 shillings. So, uh, and there, we are here stuck in a, in a, in a country or in, where artists are underappreciated in one way or the other or not fully understood. So there had to be a challenge uh, at the time for people to accept you for your work to what you would sit and call professionalism, you know. Uh, because, yeah, by, by, by under, my understanding of professionalism, that's when you start earning something from, from what you really do, something that you would call worth by your efforts, by your input. Uh, so at the later stage, uh, like you say, I, I was always making money. Even in school, I had small children's storybooks that uh, my illustration teacher would bring on our table to help him with the work. So you earn a little money here and there, you know, uh, for your material. For us, as a course, first of all, was a very expensive one. You wouldn't go to where we come from. It's pure humble. You go and start telling your father you need canvas. You need to buy canvas. My father used to ask me, you need shoes for what? So you see, he didn't even have a deeper understanding on what uh, art as a whole uh, embodied. So some things we were, we had to look for some money here and there. So as we grew older, way after school, way after school, that is um, out of art school, you are still not making what you would call a professional, a professional pay, you know? But at some, at some point, yeah, in anyone's practice, uh, if you have given it your whole, by all means, it has, it gives you a break. There's a point you reach and almost your career will never be the same. I wouldn't call it an aha moment. Uh, that's almost like an awakening. 
but uh, in this in monetary terms your work can be can be hidden for too long but there's where you reach and it has to amount for something energy rewards like that you know you, you invest so much time in compassion uh, there's the time you reach and you almost live in, in in a blissful state because you have given so much to the universe the universe has no choice but um, reward you for what is half worth so mm. for me that was a few years a few years after school but even then we had a way of you know i have my very 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 big uh vast that i love out of the bible about the god who raises the grasses of the field whose purpose is just mere huh? mere being thrown into the oven to bake bread who are you not to believe that he'll take care of you we we the faithless ones you see Indeed. so it doesn't matter it doesn't matter the, the the only challenge is in when you feel like this is downweighing you then you are then you don't get the point yeah. you think uh, you sit down there and say ah i'm not doing something right you are, you put so much weight on yourself like you brought yourself to this world yeah. that's where most of us go wrong you then we are busy asking the wrong questions I think if you sit and wait and patiently waiting the testful kind of faith that is not this uh, this thought to us kind of faith no 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 the faith that is your that is between you and your creator there's reward in at the end of the day what are those questions that you think are the right questions to ask yourself when you are in a dilemma I I started by saying the I I've been I've been against asking so many questions you mm. know because you <laughs> when you ask for too much you don't get the point that's what I said uh, earlier if you ask me and again this is by matter of my own experimentation it is by opinion it is not is not gotten anywhere I don't hold this against me but i strongly believe uh, those questions you be asking uh, they are the wrong thing to do so you the just right be. thing to do you be but with something that gives you a bigger nourishment that does not require too much too much of um, of asking this and that you know i believe asking for too much is very egoistic first of all it is it is but mm. my question is you are in crossroads wondering if this thing is okay or whatever so instead of wondering if it is it is okay for you to take this path whether in the right path or not mm. what would you rather ask would you rather ask something like am i fulfilled you don't even ask but can you ask if you are fulfilled or you just know you, you just don't, you, don't, <laughs> you just know <laughs> Yeah, yeah yeah it's a feeling you sit and say i this gives me a whole lot of nourishment you see mm-hmm. um and any you see any form of extremism is bad first of all i don't i'm in pictures but i do very many other small things that give me nourishment that's why i said i play basketball every now and then i go into my garden and i 
weed out things and I prune out things. And these forces almost, uh, they are everywhere out there in the, in, in, in the air. And they complement each other. You don't sit down and say, ah, I'm going to meditate until I come out of this place as a what? As a writer. It doesn't work like that. You, you have to reach out and, and, and encircle yourself in what you clearly know uh, to, be, uh, to be the career of writing. You know you have to connect. You know you have to meet other people that are in the same fraternity. You know you have to read more about uh, so you can build your own base uh, of, 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 of to pick from fundamentally. Uh, so I don't think these are things you sit down uh, and ask, but you probably journal down and, and say, uh, let me write down. It's almost like a conversation with yourself. Mm, but mm. those questions I can't tell you. Those questions I can't tell you. You just know when things are working or you own when they are not. That is a given, but it's only then uh, when you are in touch with yourself. You see, people are, people are moving on the surface, my friend. Yeah. You're looking for the next party. You, are, you have a whole million of friends. Uh, you, are, you are here and there. You see, there's a, there's a simple way of losing yourself in things like that. People don't like to be alone. People don't like to introvert. People don't like to sit down and, 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 and meditate about something. It doesn't necessarily mean asking too much. You're probably asking yourself, but no, you are just dissecting what you know for what it is. And trust me, everybody is born in this world, even a little book kid. Before they are told this is bad and good, they know when they are naughty, they know when they are doing wrong, they know when they are doing right. So equally the same, you know when you are blissful, you know when you are ecstatic, you know when you are, you know when you are content, yeah? You yeah. know when you are fulfilled. Yeah. That's very powerful, Chris. Very powerful. So I, yeah, very. <laughs> So I describe an artist as someone who notices things that most people often miss, which is very clear from our conversation today. But I'm wondering, is there a common pattern to the things you notice? A, a pattern, a pattern I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know so. But um, as you say, I, I, I agree with you. An artist very, pretty much uh, always notices those tiny little things that... Uh, that everybody else seems to miss, yeah? And it's a simple way. It's not even just an artist. Anyone that is in touch with themselves, sure. you know? They are aware of what existence is. That's a simple way of saying, uh, I know when I am alive, huh? You know, you are not in the simple sense of <laughs> my heart is beating. No, no, no. You're, you're subconscious about about physical things like that, but there's a state that you get into and know some things for sure. Like I said, I hear, I hear very many sounds and uh, they have grown to inspire some of my work or at least be part of my process. You see, uh, it's, it's, it's a bit, it's another way of saying, it's not even a way of saying you pay too much attention. 
But uh, these things just occur. It's not really, I wouldn't call it a pattern that they are repetitive every now and then. But no, I think you tap into a dimension. Uh, first of all, co-creation. Co-creation, you being a, a contributor to this, so this art stands for something. It is a, it is a spiritual thing, you know. Not spiritual in the sense of you know too much good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but in the sense of you almost uh, about to master yourself, and not uh, the self that uh, everybody calls you, you know, because people know you for so many different things. That's why they detailing you. Ah. I think you look great in blue. I think you, I think you are, I think you are great at those things. Keep trying, keep trying fashion. I think you are good at it. No, the ones you go and the ones that you know, the thing that you know for yourself and your practice and who you consider uh, to be. I don't know if that makes sense. It Some does. of these things are. Fundamentally mm -hmm. difficult to explain. Would you say making art is a practice of the mind or is it a practice of the soul? Ah, you see, all these things are interconnected now. Mm. Even the questions just drop into uh, almost what we just said, which is kind of interesting. Uh, creating, making art is, uh, <laughs> is highly by the most high. Like we said earlier, there's a time where I reach and I have almost given up. That is the human being in me. Maybe I am tired. Maybe I didn't have enough sleep. Maybe I'm not feeling the thing today. You know? Uh, maybe I am ill. But there's where you reach. Yeah? Me, I have a point in my creation. When I'm making a painting, I reach and I want to throw it away. Because almost... Uh, Egoistically, I'm not happy. I have expectations, you know? Yes. And that, and that is what is not right. But then I take a break, you know? It's important to take a break and breathe. That's why I go into gardening. That's why I go and shoot a basketball, mm. you know? To just come in your human beingness, uh, to be given uh, a second chance or a second view or a second dimension at the thing that you are trying to create. Then, boom, I touch back into the painting, and by the grace of the Almighty, the thing is gold. I swear to God, I don't know how. I can't tell you. <laughs> I can't explain to you how it happens. I just know when it does. And that is the time when I get the biggest satisfaction that, there's a feeling inside that nobody can put in words. So, yes, creating art is uh, by the soul. It's by the most high, it is by a higher power. Because you are of contribution to what is. You know, God created things, the, the pottery story that is of Christians uh, in, the, in the creation story of the Bible. There is God created things. It went and uh, first paused, you know. He even first rested. Eh? He saw what he had made and it was wonderful. Yeah. It is the same way. It's the same way uh, an artist sits down in madness 
and labors week in, week out, months, he's not satisfied until a certain time. You know, he sits and goes back, almost rejuvenates and looks back again and and sees what he made and oof, it is out of this world. That is the God in everything. Do you think everybody has that creative dimension in them? Everybody, everybody does have the creative dimension. Maybe the classification that we have given creatives and co-creation is what is a bit different. It is the fundamental, you know? Mm. A woman is given grace to be a procreator, mm. you know? Everybody already contributes at something, yeah? It's the inclusivity of, uh, of all of this. It's the duality in existence. It is the yin and yang. It is the balances of the universe. Mm. Everybody already is contributing to this. You see, if the sun is shining out there today, you look out in the window, it is, you equally are shining it because you are here with it. Now, now creativity is equally the same. Everybody has a bit of contribution to, to making something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's, that creativity is not, is not limited to a few things, to a few people, a few class of people. No, 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 no. There are so many ways to, to be creative. There are, if you can solve any puzzle in your, in your everyday life and challenges, that is creativity. If you can um, reinvent yourself, you know, uh, pull yourself from tough corners and uh, rejuvenate and have a new perspective, that is creativity. Yeah, and all those things play a huge part. Oh, they, they do, they do. Like the bird eats the worm, the worm eats the lettuce, the worm oh. eats the fruit. The bird eats the fruit. Uh, the worm eats man when he dies. It's a, it's a cycle of contribution yeah. that we all are part of a bigger, uh, a bigger thing. Yeah? Beyonce said it in her recent album that is gift. That's what she meant. Uh, we are all part of the bigger, the bigger thing. That's <laughs> the basis of Lion King as a story. Those are fundamental things that that make us who we are really and i am very grateful that god has brought me this far even in the journey of trying to understand uh what it is that existence really truly i mean you can never fully understand but it is one of the most exciting things that i am pursuing as a human being same same i recently found out that the iron in our blood, as well as in all the pans that we used to cook and wherever it exists, actually yeah. emits, emits from the stars. When stars crash, that's where iron is formed. I was just Absolutely. blown away. I was blown away by that. Absolutely. You see. So you see, it is the reason the herbs have healing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The herb, there's no herb that grows under a shade. It grows and blossoms in the sun. Yeah. You know, 
It's the reason they smell great. Uh, it's why they omit and purify the air. Yeah. It's why they give us oxygen. Absolutely. You, you, you live in the plants, but you see, as an artist, you recognize some things like this. Almost they come to you by the grace of, uh, of, of, of God who throws, who gives clarity. Because mm -hmm. I think you are, you are deserving in one way or the other. By your, by your practice. But you see many people live on the surface. Uh, they also, it doesn't matter if they know about these things or not, but uh, it would be great if they did, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So we're about to conclude, but before that, I want you to tell us what lessons art has taught you. Art. <laughs> Art has been my biggest teacher. Art has liberated me. That's the ultimate. You know? Yeah. Liberation from uh, liberation from those uh, those uh, stereotypes that people give. You know, art, an artist is this and that. Those stigmatization. Uh, you never words like those. You know. Even liberate, no, that's just the liberation of the mind, but the liberation of, of the human being too. You know, he has given me, he has given me a voice that is beyond just myself, you know? And that's what, that's what God is, you know? One with everything else, huh? So your contribution to, to all this that is existence, uh, if you can find something, that contributes to, to you uh, directly and to everybody else indirectly, if I may put it, then that is the biggest liberation. Art has taught me what God is. Yeah? How? How? By all these statements, uh, all these I've been trying to explain, you know, coming from Come from coming from a Christian background, and you know, God is almost one dimensional. Yeah. Say this, 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 and that. You're almost uh, you're almost told a one dimensional kind of kind of God. Art has given me a way uh, to open up all aspects of uh, to, of, of of questioning. Mm. You know. Because if we are contributors and we are co-creators to all of this, uh, then we have to find ourselves asking what is it really that these things are for what they are. So that's how I find myself in nature. That's how I find uh, myself in reading this and that. Um, so it kind of has opened my dimensions uh, to build a whole new perspective on what God truly is. Mm. Art for me has, become, has been a business, so it has uh, earned me money. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So it has taught me uh, other liberations like those, financial liberation. Uh, I, I can hold uh, a few responsibilities by myself. Uh, that's a lesson, too. Mm. You know? Art, art has been so many things. 
but to mention a few. So would you consider yourself a spiritual being or a religious being? Uh, maybe, maybe a spiritual being because we all are by the spirit, yeah? all by, by the soul. Uh, all living things and non-living things uh, are by energy. Uh, so uh, I, I would consider myself a spiritual being, or oh, not even necessarily. But a religious person, uh, not really. Religion is man-made. Religion, I believe, is man-packaged, you know, or whatever, as a means to, to you attain some level of spirituality. Absurdly, many have used it for, for the wrong reasons. So religious people, I don't think, I don't think we are religious people, but I know we are all spiritual beings because we are embodied by an energy that is me and you equally the same as the sun and the stars and the dust and the water. So we are whole as one. The oneness is what makes me consider myself a spiritual person. Not as an accredit kind of thing to say, ah, you have earned some spirituality because you know. No, <laughs> because I exist. Yeah. Okay. And you are one of the few artists that have stood out in our times. Are there things or certain steps you have taken in your journey that you think have set you apart from other artists? Uh, first of all, I don't think I am apart from any other artist uh, because fundamentally, fundamentally the core of why we do the things we do is the same. Others that have probably different intentions about creating, that's where the difference might come from. But I do not separate myself from any other artist. We are all embodied by the same. Uh, what you say Perhaps by, uh, they say I have uh, been, what has set me apart? By what standards do you say I am set apart? Maybe because I stand for something that is easily to relate to, you know, as a political, uh, social commentary artist, I throw something there and very many people gather to agree or disagree or debate about it. Has, has created uh, an, an almost like, uh, like an ambience that accepts you and looks forward to whatever you are working on. Maybe I wouldn't call that anything apart. Very many people are just sti are still doing it, although probably it is not highly seen. But um, what sets me apart? Uh, probably the intentions for why I do the things I do uh, because for me it is first of all for me fast this art is for my healing fast uh, then maybe next uh, <laughs> although it involves everybody else uh, it is for it is for the well-being of everybody else so in the pro in the process I don't know how I can explain this, but in the process, then you build a persona. Yeah, probably you're talking about a persona. Persona practically means, means a mask, 
yeah, having a mask. Like I said at the start, we are different things to different people each time, and we are more than our work. So one persona or one mask that I have that I wear as a human being here on earth is one of the artists. Yeah? Yeah. So that's what you mean. Uh, how have I set myself apart? It's not something I do. That is a persona that is built in people's minds that that, that that guy is making things that seem to be working. Yeah? Uh. That doesn't have to do so much with me. Although I am the one that makes the things that they love or debate about or expound on their perspective or, or give them some healing. Yeah, that's why they have identified. That's why you say, uh, I am somewhere in the, in the industry. But we all are, we all are, we all are there, per se. But by standards of the society, probably I am somewhere. But I don't see myself like that. This has been really nice speaking to you. If people want to connect with you further to continue this conversation, to see some of your work, or just give you feedback from this podcast, mm -hmm. where can they find you to connect further? Yeah, so social media has been one of my biggest tools to build that persona we've been talking about. The quiz era. <laughs> yeah? The quiz era everywhere on social media, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook. I see TikTok is also up, but there's a lot of time to invest in online. So the three are the main channels with which I throw my work every now and then, whether in progress or, uh, or I've finished, so I can build a, a base that is also commercial, but at the same time, that is typical sharing. You know, so quiz era, K-W-I-Z space E-R-A. You will find me uh, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. My studio, my studio is in Tinder, but it is on appointment only. If you can find me online, then we can bridge away if you intend to visit the studio personally to see my sanctuary, you know, where I worship, where I co-create. <laughs> you will be all welcome. Now, just before I let you go, <laughs> there's some questions, yeah. the, the rapid questions that I'm going to ask you. There are just three. And I want you to respond to them with just a word or one sentence, but not more. Okay? Okay. What is success to you? What is? Success. Success is an inner satisfaction. Okay. Tea or coffee? Tea, anytime. <laughs> I love it. And lastly, what does being African mean to you? Oh, uh, this one can't be in one sentence. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> okay. What does that mean? Yeah. Being African. Mm. Being African is by far, it first of all means the 
the genesis. It's the start of existence. You know, everything that you know that was made uh, by far. And our human evolution begins here. Being African for me is belonging. Being African is, is, uh, is the biggest inspiration there is. Being African is, hmm, wow, this, this can't end. There we tap into my Pan-African agenda. Being, Afri being African is everything that was right with the world at the start. I love all the answers and we have two other conversations to have on this podcast. The one on, on um, yeah. yeah, the one on higher self and the one on Pan-Africanism. <laughs> yes, those are very interesting. I'm looking forward. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, Chris, for hanging out with us. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's very, very humbling. Right. And this by far... And this by far is uh, is a platform, is the only platform I've gotten to share a little bit um, introspective angles of uh, of what I do really, of who I am in a nutshell. So I thank you. I thank you for the wise questions and uh, I thank you for having me. I'm glad, I'm glad. Guys, wasn't that something? Quizzer is something. <laughs> the conversation was just so packed with so much goodness. Everything from spirituality, artistry, higher self, being your authentic self. This was such a rich conversation that I was so glad to have. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. And let's connect further and continue this conversation on social media connectivity podcast on instagram and on facebook i'm looking forward to hearing from you guys i hope you guys got inspired and learned a thing or two from this conversation so guys keep connecting keep being in touch with yourselves and i'll see you next time bye many thanks to you for finishing yet another episode of the connectivity podcast if you haven't yet, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. That way, you'll never miss an episode. I want to hear from you. What were your key takeaways? Head on over to my Instagram or Facebook at Connectivity Podcast to continue the conversation. This is Rebecca signing off. Connect soon.